and trains, and we're prepared for it with new technique and new approaches. And as for our part, we feel that you're the best pieces of manpower available in this whole region. We're getting ready to have a live spectrum. What we were trying to say, you got to walk home, walk home, walk home. Welcome to the Sports Talk with Devin Wade podcast. To reach Devin Wade with a question or comment, follow him on Twitter at Wade's Be a part of the group on Facebook by joining the Sports Talk with Devin Wade group or liking the page. Welcome to episode 56 of the Sports Talk with Devin Wade podcast. And we have a great show for you this time out. Joining me this episode is the Silver Fox, Kevin Allen. And the diva, Kalina, is back after a hiatus. She's been busy in the theater, but she's back at it, and so she'll join us. Coming up this episode, we have several segments, courtesy of Kalina and the Silver Fox, including what's new when we talk about what's happening in and around our lives, Something, some new observations that don't have probably anything to do with sports. We'll do some headlines. Also, we'll check in with Facebook for the We the People segment where we see what you guys had to say about some poll questions we've had. And also, Kalino will join us for the He Got Game. In addition to that, we'll have this or that. And in the second half of the show, we'll have a breakdown where Kevin and I will break down the Western Conference Finals and the Eastern Conference Finals. We'll have a brand new segment, Birthdays, where we'll talk about some sports birthdays over the last couple of weeks so or so, sort of a random attempt to say happy birthday to some folks. And we'll do the Lamont Award, and Lamont was a big dummy. And we'll have Texas Southern head basketball coach Mike Davis He'll join us to break down, not only give us some news about Texas Southern, but a breakdown of the conference finals in the NBA. A man with such experience, uh, he should be able to give us some interesting angles on those matchups. And then before I let go. With that, want to bring in Kalina and the Silver Fox, Kevin Allen. Let's start with you, Kalina. Kalina. It's been a, a few weeks since you've been here. We've you've had your sister from another mister. Yes, uh, Ariana. Ariana had joined us. Also, we've talked about your love scenes and, oh, and your yes. your current play. <laughs> start by saying what what are you in right now? Where can people see you on the stage? Yeah, I'm at um Ensemble Theater in Houston. And the show that I'm in is called Ma Rainey's Black bottom ma rainey's black bottom and it's about the um well it's not really about the artist ma rainey but she's in it and look y'all it is a phenomenal cast and i'm not saying that because i'm in it like these actors are amazing so i think if you are in houston you should definitely come and watch it because it's a great play and so you we talked about your love scenes how does that work for (laughs) your personal life how does how does how does all that, because again as a man and I'm a writer so I've written in love scenes never participated in one yeah. on stage I would imagine this can be quite awkward for not only you but you know you have your family come you have somebody I'm sure in your life that is a of interest I don't know how much you want to delve into <laughs> that but uh, how does that work uh I'm doing my job I don't know like it's I think that you know I don't care about anybody my family or my friends i think it's awkward one i think you're over exaggerating it's not a love scene it is just a hot i don't know you described it to me so i took it as it's very passionate and hot and heavy but it's nothing i'm not like taking off my clothes and we're not going at it on stage but it is very warm it's very hot like my little sister's coming and that's what i'm 
nervous of. Like, I don't want this to be her only imp- <laughs> impression of me. And then as far as, you know, other people in my life that I may share a romantic connection with, they have to know straight off the bat that I'm an actor. And this is part of what I do. So how do you separate? Let me ask the, the Silver Fox Kevin Allen this. Kev, can you imagine just going to do your job Going to work and say, you know what, part of my job is to passionately kiss this woman or hold her in my arms. I, and I know you're not a thespian, and, and this is you're not a trained actor, but just on the surface, how does that look? How does that feel? Maybe a little awkward in the beginning for me. I mean, I guess until you get used to it or whatever, to those type of situations, if that's, if that's your niche, you know? But yeah, okay. just by just <laughs> but as by a me, man, could you have a a cradle a woman in your arms and and kiss her without you know saying, well, hey, maybe after work, maybe. Well, sometimes they do that. It seems like because they end up marrying each other, you know, and having <laughs> kids and start a family, you know. So they get a so, Hollywood divorce. So yeah, that that's a part of it. So those types. Well, of let me ask you this: uh, on the flip side, could your significant other? be involved in a love scene and you you will be able to separate that. Yeah, I would be able to separate if that's if that's her thing and I'm gonna be supportive. I'm gonna have to know that hey, these type of things can occur. And but you'll be I'm, watching close. But right? I'm keeping my fingers crossed, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> you know, sometimes I guess I don't know, but Well you know what I used to I I mean as a younger person, you're like, oh no way, I don't want anybody to Doing that, I want my my woman, my wife, my partner to do that. But, uh, you know, when you start thinking about some Hollywood salaries, I don't know if I could do it for the theater. You know, it depends on how big the check is. <laughs> oh, man. No, I'm, no, I'm not. I'm no, I'm because that would mean that I would put a price on my loved one. Yeah. That I would not put. But if I, that's a thing, you it know, still whatever. It would be tough for me. It, it, I'm not going to lie. It, it may take some getting used to. You know, because by you sitting in the audience and, you know, your very first time, I, I'm imagining that you would see this, it would be a would bit Would you want awkward. to be in the audience to see it? Of course. And watch it closely with a magnifying glass. No, no, right? no, I wouldn't do that. And and once, you know, that scene is over, whatever, you know, stand up and clap and all of that good stuff, you know. And <laughs> after that, you but know. But you go talk to the guy, too, let him know you're in the no, audience. No, I'm not going to do that. Hopefully he keeps it professional, you know. So, Kalina, now you've done this a number of times. How does that? How does that look? How does that feel? It's always awkward. I mean, it's like, especially this one, it's. It was pretty hot and heavy, but people have to remember, like, the director is in there and she's saying or he's saying, like, put your hand here and lift your leg here and do this. Like, so it's really mechanical at first. And then when we're out in front of an audience, I got like hundreds of people watching me do those things. So it's not like it's never as intimate and like as connected as you think that it is. Right. Okay. Well, like I said, that's that's something interesting to people. Uh, would want to, I, I would think, want to question, have questions about. So you said you had some news to share on the podcast. First of all, tell people how much you've missed them. Oh, my gosh. I've heard so many wonderful things about about me. <laughs> but, I mean, people saying that they miss me and that um, they really like me on the podcast. And I really do appreciate that, you guys. Like, I, you know, I'm, I'm here helping Devin out. <laughs> well, I mean, it's a vehicle for you. I've I, I said that before. Tell me this. You, what's your news? You said you had something to share. Yes. Okay. So, you know, uh, obviously I'm an actor and I did, we've opened our show on Thursday and I, um, I play this, it's a smaller role, so I don't have lots of lines. I'm honestly there to look pretty and to flaunt about. And this woman comes up to me and she says, hi, I don't know if you know Renee Elise. And I'm like, no. 
And she said, oh, you know, she was on Hamilton and she's the Tony Award winner. Right. right. And I was I like, oh, okay, yeah. And also, like, well. Shampoo commercial now. She's crossing over. She's making oh. some big bucks. All right. Well, Hamilton see, was paid off for a big time. Well, she was already in stuff before Hamilton. Let's be clear. Right. It, she was on I, soap. Oh. She was on a soap opera for many years. I saw her in, like, movies and television. And to, you know, because I love my sci-fi, she's on Netflix, Altered Carbon. And I love that show. And it's sci-fi. Yeah. Anyway, so she's like, well, she's my cousin. And I told her I was going to the show, and she wanted me to tell you that she also played Dessie May, and that you should just shine on stage, and that even though this role is small, it's being seen by God, and this is like a path for you in the future. So she just wanted me to tell, let you know that she's proud of you, and you need to go and do your thing on stage. And I was like, what? She, who told me what? So that's really cool. I have a Tony Award winning actress who is on a fantastic sci-fi show on Netflix. Give me a message. Well, and who who was the director that cast you in one of your first early? Okay, <laughs> I mean, I'm, Devin, I mean, we're gonna talk about like the progression of your career. How did all this start? <laughs> Devin will always take the credit. For the, my my beginnings. For recognizing great talent. How about that? I have a great eye for talent. You casted me, yes, very early on. And, I mean, that's why that's why I roll with Devin. He's he's cool. I'm not going to lose, like, my loyalty no matter how uh, how many Tonys I get. So, you know, that takes care. So you won't forget about the uh, small people. That's right. I take full advantage of that. That's why you're here on this podcast that's right. as we speak. Uh, what's uh, what's new I- anywhere else? What's new in the world for either one of you guys? Because Kevin, yeah. last time, you know, I got some questions. People are like, well, what what is Kevin hiding? He didn't want to say anything about his personal life. What 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 is it? What's the there that's there that he doesn't want to talk about? Well, I, I, nothing nothing spectacular. I mean, <laughs> it, it's must, not it's not know? it's not like Kalina. Oh, I'm in this love scene, and you do have yeah. a basketball tournament coming up. I'm about to say that. See, that's the exciting part for me. We're gearing up for the tenth year of the Rookie Invitational, uh, which is our AAU program here in in Houston. Uh, this is the tenth year. This is this is the anniversary for us. This is this is the big one. So to to be standing that long. And being consistent, that's a big thing with us. So from ages 9 through 17, we have a little over 200 teams that will be 200 teams. Because when you first told me about it, I'm like, oh, okay, basketball tournament. You have 16, you know, whatever. You said 200 AAU teams. That is bananas. Yeah, that it's a lot of work, man. It's a lot of preparation, a lot of people input, uh, helping out to make this thing work. So I always tell you, now, it's just not me, but all of the people that that, that come in and and help us it's out. Whole, it's, it takes a whole, yeah, whole gang village. of folks. Yeah, and you guys, you you'll be at several locations here in the city. Houston, Yates right. High School is one of them. Right. Where else? Ridge Point High School, Paraland High School, and then the Missouri City Rec Center. So we have four locations. So what I want you to do is when you come back, I want you to because you're doing this. You specifically have the 17 year olds, right? Correct. 16, 17 year olds. I want you to come back with some guys that we should be looking out for in the next couple of years. And I, will. And I don't even get into the AAU thing a lot, yeah. but I think that you see talent way before anybody else. So next time out, maybe you can mention a few names of some guys that have that you see on the horizon doing some big things when it comes to college basketball, maybe even pro basketball someday. Right, and really what, what makes me really feel good about this tournament that we do have, some of our guys come back that has played in and they're home for college now. 
they still come out to the tournament because they're at home now from the you know their break, and they come out and hang out and say, "Hey, man, this was us years ago. This is the start. So this is what when we started what we wanted it to be about." So they can come back and talk to some of the kids that's there when they see them. They're like, "Hey, you used to play. Yeah, where where do you play it now?" And you know they can start giving them some insight. So, and how can people get in touch with you in case they have questions about AAU, about any youth basketball, about these tournaments, how to put on a tournament, any of those questions? How can they get to you? They can get to me on Twitter at Allen Allen Ron Ten at Allen Allen Ron Ten. A L L E N, right? A L L E N, the number one, the number zero. So that's Allen Ron Ten on on the Twitter at Allen Allen Ron Ten on uh, my Twitter. You can also reach out to me on Facebook. Go to Kevin Allen. You can reach at, reach out to me there as well. Yeah, well, a couple things new for me. As it pertains to the podcast, I want you guys to know that uh, we're, we're investing in a lot of equipment so we can take this show on the road and you guys can join us. We'll be doing something sooner rather than later. I can't say it yet until we dot the I's and cross the T's. And so that's coming up, so we want you to know about that. And the other thing that happened this week that I noticed, there's a Ford commercial. And I don't know if you guys have seen this. I don't. You, I, don't, I guarantee you probably don't get a chance to watch much TV. Yeah, that's right. Well, th- and maybe I, if you guys know, hit me up if you know this this commercial. It's a Ford commercial where these parents are having these conversations with their kids, and, where the kids are complaining about something going on in the car. And, and one kid gets in and says, Mom, you know I can't turn the radio up in my car. And the lady's like, really? Oh, what's that about? And then there's another one where the, the guy's like, well, Dad, I can't drive over 50 or 60 miles an hour. So it turns out that you can put in all these parental controls on these vehicles. And it irks the hell out of me that you are breeding up not only these parents, helicopter parents to begin with, and they hover over their children. That's the center of their universe. And they act like, oh, there are no other kids in the world but my kids. And we saw, we see this in society now, how every kid thinks that what they want at that moment is the most important thing because parents have done this. But not only have you hovered over your kid for their entire life and accounted for every single second, now you want to control them. You don't trust the kids that you've raised to to handle a car. Now, teenagers are teenagers, and every teenager ain't going to make it through the storm. Right. But that's, that's, that's evolution. Oh. But I, it just irks the hell out of me that now you want to control. It's, and, and I'm telling you, why are people okay with being controlled and controlling other people? It, it's crazy because with my imaginary kid, I invested so much into him, I can trust him to do the right thing even when I'm not around. And furthermore, if he does the wrong thing, it's a teachable moment so I get to be a real parent. If I'm controlling everything this kid does, this kid has no thought, no freedom, no individuality, not even an opportunity to screw up. So I'm irked by that, and maybe that's just a me thing, but it's a me thing because I cannot stand (laughs) that. No, I think I I agree with you. I haven't seen the commercial, but two different thoughts. Find it and hate it. Yeah, I will. Don't (laughs) worry. One, um, I think you bring up a good point. You are raising these kids, so you don't trust your own kid that that you raised, and you allowed to put in a car, a moving vehicle? Like, if you don't (laughs) trust them that much, then don't, no, seriously, don't let them drive. I don't want them on the road if you have to put a bunch of parental controls over them because that means that you are not teaching them what they need to know to drive a car properly. Please do not put them on the road. 
Now I understand neither you nor I have children. So I, I have an like, imaginary son. Okay, well he's a hell of a kid. And I think I think parents Great would driver. say parents would say that it's because they love them and they are scared. They don't want anything to happen with them. That's cool. Do not let them on the road because they're gonna like I don't trust them. But they can't say no to them because they've been saying yes to them since they've been four years old. Yeah, that sounds like a personal problem. You want I ain't candy? got nothing to do with that. Oh, give them candy. And the other thing is, Devin, you have Netflix, right? Yeah. Have you seen any of the of Black Mirror? I have saw I've seen uh one or two episodes, which is a really, really uncomfortable sci-fi thing. That's the closest yes. I'm gonna get to sci-fi that's is fine. Black Mirror. But it's I, I don't know if it's sci-fi, right? Like that's the whole point is is that it's reflecting what could possibly happen if we keep going on the road that we're going on. And, and not only that it's a reflect the reflection of humanity yes. through our use of technology. Yes. Now the one that I saw, and I don't want to give it away. But actually, I didn't finish the episode. But the, <laughs> well. there's one about the clicks, where the guy would do anything for clicks. I, I heard about that. didn't see it. Uh-huh. The one I saw, the lady's husband was killed. And they had, what they did is they uh, put together a combination of everything he's ever done on social media. And so he was. they were able to recreate what he was saying, giving scenarios. Oh, my gosh. Oh, it was Freaky, but Black Mirror, that's the closest I'll get to sci-fi. It's trippy. Well, one, you have to see episode one of season run, one with the pig. And if you if y'all have seen it on uh who's listening, y'all know what's happening. Don't tell him. Do not tell him what happens. But more importantly, on topic, you need to watch this re- most recent season. It's called Archangel. That's the t- uh, the episode. It is exactly about what you're talking about. This whole like a parent, she almost when she's giving her mo- when a mother when she's giving birth, she almost loses her baby, and that sparks this fear in her, and so she controls her daughter the entire her entire life. You're so you, playing God. Yeah, you need to watch <laughs> it. It's really, really good. Okay, well, we look, we're going to move into some sports finally. So with that, I want to remind folks about the music. Oh, I, DJ Malone, we have DJ Malone from Chi-Town. We have a Chicago mix coming up for you at the halfway point, and at the very end of the show, we're going to play a longer version of the mix. But, yeah, so if people, if you are remixing, if you're a DJ, if you're an artist, we want you to get, send your music in. Yes, please send your music over to um, either Devin or myself. Put it on a Facebook, DM us, say, hey, we want our music. We need radio edits. But, like, it could literally be anything. I want to hear all types of genres. If you play a banjo and it's jamming, send it to us. Hey, it's radio edit. That's right. Whatever the music is. And what else? I know you're big on comments, too. Oh, yes, please. Please, please, please review us on iTunes, on whatever medium, Twitter, Instagram us. Like, I want to read your comments online. Please rate us. Um, all those things add up. Well, hey, with that, want to get into some headlines. Well, in headlines this week, we've had a no-hitter, and we had George Springer go 6-for-6 six six in baseball. The Yankees were winners of, like, they lost a couple straight, but it was what, 16 of 18 or something crazy like that. They are putting up some numbers. Giancarlo Stanton, he's gotten going. Mike Judge doing work offensive. They dropped a couple. They lost the the finale after really winning three or four from the Astros and winning three or four from Boston. Boston. And then they they lost Friday night to Tampa Bay. Uh, But talk a little bit about the Yankees and their resurgence. They're doing work. Yeah, this is uh, the the real Yankees. They're beginning to hit with Giancarlo Stanton where he was taking a lot of heat early in, in in the MLB season, striking out, trying to 
uh, I think, get acclimated to Yankee Stadium and his new well, teammates. Well, just that pressure that comes yeah. from playing in New York. So now he he's back rolling, and, and you're seeing him. You have Aaron Judge. So that's a little bit scary for opposing pitchers. Well, and I tell you what, uh, the Astros, uh, we're here in Houston, the defending champs, uh, they are they're up there. I'm telling you, though, the, it's four teams in the AL that have a chance where you talk about Cle- – well, five, really. If you want to throw Cleveland in the mix, you have the Anna, or the Los Angeles Angels, you have the Astros, the Yankees, and the Red Sox. I'm telling you, this is going to be one whale of a baseball season, and we're going to talk more baseball. Also, James Paxton with a no-hitter. Now, what's more impressive, James Paxton's no-hitter or George Springer going six for six this week? What, what's – What's more impressive? Both are impressive, man. man six for six. Six for six. But that no hitter, you you're facing uh, multiple, twenty-seven. Yeah, yeah, twenty-seven batters. I, I give it a, give it a tie. Give it a tie. Yeah, give it a tie, man. Six for six. That's hard to do. <laughs> you can't give it a tie. I can. I'm gonna give it a tie, man. <laughs> I think. I mean, obviously, the no man. No hitters, we get what three or four a year. Yeah, six for six. I don't know, man. Six for six might be a lot tougher. Cause think about this: if you're going six for six, you probably knock the pitcher out. You probably face four pitches, and to get a hit off four different pitches, you might have a day. But that's I, man, that's that's it. Really is tough. Uh, we we'll leave it up to you guys for a response. Also, Mark Ingram. It has uh, gotten a four-game suspension for PEDs. He's appealed it. He's lost. So, Alvin Kamura, your next man up. And I don't think that will really hurt the Saints because of that duo. The first tandem of running backs to have 1,500 yards from scrimmage. And uh, Kamura and Mark Ingram both did that. And I'm telling you, it was a uh, fantastic feat uh, that for them last season. New Orleans is going to get better offensively. As long as Drew Brees holds up, they'll be right back in the mix of things. But he'll be out the first four. But I think, again, that'll give him a refreshed Mark Ingram coming in week five. So that's going on. And also, Dwayne Casey fired in Toronto. Give me your thoughts on that. You say no, he shouldn't have been fired. I say, what do you do in this situation where not only did you lose the series, you got swept and you're the number one seed. How do you bounce back from that? Should he have been fired? I mean, again, you told me on the Houston show, but give us your thoughts. I say no. You 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 got to remember you're running up against Cleveland with LeBron James each time, and you just don't have enough to get over the hump with against Cleveland. I think they should break the team up because right now you've, you've reached your height with these group of guys, with Serge Ibaka, DeMar DeRozan, Kyle Lowry, just, they just don't have enough to get over the hump. Now, Dwayne Casey has done one well of a job, and each year he's increased the win total. By winning coach of the year and then three days later you get fired, I think that's crazy. I think that's bad front office uh, management. Well, I know that they have tough contracts. I would probably it, – it's tough for your fan base, but you are in Toronto, but it's hard to get excited about a team – when you can go back and finish first again and not be as, as good and not excite the fans at all. So I think that that's a, it's a really, really tough deal. I think he's a great basketball coach. He will coach again in the league. I just think that it came across a bad matchup for them. Right. And, again, you, needed a, you need another component or two on that team uh, to really make hay in the Eastern Conference. And, look, if you stand pat, what if LeBron does leave? So now you're dealing with a young Boston and young Philadelphia moving forward. And if you have a veteran quality coach, coach of the year, and Dwayne Casey, you're right in the thick of things. So uh, we'll have to see how that goes. 
But right now, I want to go to a segment that we call We the People. We the People. In this segment, I have posted poll questions on Facebook and let you guys speak on what you think is going to happen. Now, obviously, we're going to get into the breakdown of the Western Conference Finals in just a few moments, but I want to uh, see what you guys think. The winner, and understand this, we're based in Houston, so we have a majority Houston audience. And so it's not as varied sort of uh, a variation of opinion uh, when it comes to these sorts of questions. So we're, we're Houston-centric, so understand that. But I asked, who would win the Western Conference Final this year, the Warriors or the Rockets? Who do you think the people said? The Warriors. And what do you think the people said? Yeah, the Warriors. You're exactly right. By uh, the, To the tune of 57%, the fans, uh, the folks on the Sports Talk with Devin Wade page, have chosen the Warriors to win the Western Conference okay, Finals. explain this to me. Like, why? I mean, actually, not why. I kind of understand. But, like, break this down. Wait, break down the vote or break down the game? No, like, why they? Why 57% are saying Boy, the Obviously, the defending champs, they're the hottest team. Uh, they have the biggest names. And a lot of people, especially in the Houston area, may not totally believe in this team. So we're going to do a breakdown in the second half of the show, and we're going to go through both of these series so I asked another question, how many games will the series go? And the majority of people, 48% said seven, 37% said six, and the others said four. Nobody, nobody really said it was going to be a five-game series. So people you think that it's going to be a six- or seven-game series. I kind of agree with them. I think it's going to be a six- or seven-game series. Kev, I think you agree with that one as well. Exactly. Six or seven games are for this series in Golden State. I, I said 4-2 on the Houston show. I think Golden State will win that first game here in Houston. I think they'll steal it. Houston is going to have to make adjustments in the second. It can't go down 2-0, but if Golden State gets that first one, that pressure will mount for the Rockets. And, and you, you, you guys say I'm hating on Houston and I live here in Houston. I'm not. I'm just calling like I see it. I, I think Golden State is the better team. I think they have more weapons. They've been here before. They've they've been in these type of pressure situations before, and those things matter when you haven't been in in these type of situations. And, and, this, and we're gonna get yeah. And this pressure's get, mounted. Yeah. Right, right. I want to get into all of that because I know you have a lot to say about this series. We talked about it for an hour and a half this morning, and, and there's a lot more conversation to have. The final question on the We the People. Will the winner of the Western Conference Finals be the NBA champ? And by 81%, they said yes. Whoever wins the West wins the championship. What say you? I say yes. The winner of this series will be, I think, the NBA champions because both teams have beaten Cleveland handy this year. Everybody thinks Cleveland's going back. My pick is Boston. Then again, let me retract. Let me retract that. Let me modify my answer. Let me (laughs) modify this thing. Golden State will win it either way. Either way. Either way, they'll win it. If if the Rockets win, you think it's conditional on who they play? Yeah. Uh, we'll get into that. We'll get into, we'll get that, into that in the second half of the show. Yeah, we'll With that, that we're going to go to a segment that we call He Got Game. He Got Game. This week in He Got Game is rookie Boston Celtics forward Jason Tatum. There are a lot of reasons that get talked about when it comes to the success of the Celtics this season, from head coach Brad Stevens to Kyrie Irving to Jalen Brown. 
but you have to put in Jason Tatum in that conversation. Tatum is a 20-year-old phenom from St. Louis who played all of one year of college basketball at Duke before being drafted third overall by the Seas. During his rookie campaign, Tatum averaged 13.3 points a game. But this postseason, he has been giving the Eastern Conference the business, averaging 18.8 points per game. But it gets better. Tatum has had seven consecutive 20-point games, including 25 points in the Celtics series-clinching win over Philadelphia. For that series, he averaged 23.6 points per game. The Celtics will need him if they're going to beat the Cavaliers in the Eastern Conference Finals. He continues to get better, and he, he got, got game. game. With that, I want to go to a segment that we call This or That. The choice is yours. You can oh. get with this, or you can get with that. I'm going to give Kev a couple choices. He's going to tell me this one or that one. Let's start with uh, the playoff series. This is what I've noticed. I've said this has been a bad playoff series, right? So I'm going to give you two scenarios. You tell me which series you would rather watch. Would you rather watch a four-game sweep, but each and every game is close? I mean, it goes down to the wire. Or would you rather a seven-game series where pretty much each game is a blowout? I mean, that, that's a philosophical question. It, like, you look at Philadelphia, they lost several close games. That was a much more interesting series than, say, a series where there were blowouts and it went six or seven games. Which would you rather? I'd rather the close game. So you'd take a four-game sweep if every game was closely contested? Correct. I want to see where it comes down to strategy and who does what. Who That's gets a more compelling series yeah, than a seven-game seven blowout. But, you know, seven games, game seven is game seven. Yeah, but so. if they're blown out, if you have, say, every game is a blowout, I, I lose interest at half. I'm I'm going to get, you know, the popcorn or something. I'm going to lean towards the four-game series as well. What do you think? A four-game yeah. where every game is close? Yeah, or? definitely a four-game series because I, I want to see, like – you I want, want it to be close. I want interesting television, right? And I'm going to be invested if I watch a, one particular game and I'm like, oh, they're going to win, they're going to win, and then they lose. It's fun. But that seven game was the seesaw. That's interesting as well. But I, I think I'm leaning towards you guys' uh, take on it. Okay, I want to ask you about this. A better remainder of the playoffs. Who's going to have, from this point forward, who's going to have a better NBA playoff? Kevin Durant or LeBron James? And I ask because LeBron James, has had the best playoffs of his career to this point. He's been phenomenal game-winning shots, last-second shots, winning a, a big game seven. He's done it all. He's put up huge numbers. But moving forward in the Eastern and Western Conference Finals in the e NBA Finals, which one of those two players is going to have a better remaining 2018 playoffs? LeBron James has been awesome so far in the first two series. This, this is probably one of the better playoff series for him so far that I've been watching him throughout his career. But I think it's going to change a little bit playing with Boston because the talent level has increased. Kevin Durant has been steady no matter what he's, who's he's played. And I, I'm going to give that edge to Kevin Durant. So moving forward, you think he'll have a better playoff from this point forward than LeBron? I think so. Kevin Durant, I, is a he's an assassin. Well, I think that they will need LeBron to play on the same level if they're going to the NBA Finals. I think LeBron will dig deep, and I think moving forward, because they won't need as much from Kevin Durant, I think Steph Curry and Klay Thompson and Draymond Green won't have to lean on Durant as much. I'm going to go the other way. I'm going to say I think LeBron will have 
a better remaining 2018 NBA playoffs. And that's saying that I think LeBron will get to the NBA Finals. Now, I don't think that they will win the NBA Finals, but I think that whatever success that they have, it'll be because of LeBron. Durant, you don't need him as much, so I think I'm going to go with LeBron on that one. Now, I finally want to ask you this, and we'll get a I'm little— I'm going to stop you on that. Why do you say they don't need him as much? Because you have other components on that— Golden State, they're the deepest team. The Hampton Five, that's the yeah, deepest team yeah, they're, they're in the playoffs. But you they don't, don't have... They, you can get... Steph Curry can win you games. They Remember, they won a championship without Kevin Durant. Klay Thompson can win you games. Draymond can be a major contributor. I'm not saying you got to have something from Durant, but you may, he may not... He doesn't have to be the leading scorer every night. If LeBron is not the leading scorer on Cleveland's team, they lose. That, and you can't argue that. Nobody else is going to lead that team in scoring and they're going to win. Golden, I'm just saying because Golden State doesn't need him as much, I think that LeBron will, will shoulder the load and I think he'll have a better playoff. And finally on this or that, Cleveland's bench or Boston's bench, who are you going to go with in this Eastern Conference series? Boston's bench. When you have Smart coming off of the bench and you have the, the big guy Baines coming off Morris. of the bench. You have Morris coming off of the bench, even Greg Monroe coming off of the bench. They're, they're deep. They, they remind me of Golden State's bench. They both come in with these guys that can score, and each, each night it's a different guy. And it reminds me of Golden State's bench when you have David West, Sean Livingston. Boston has a deep bench. They've, they've really surprised a whole lot of people. Well, with that, I'm going to agree with you on that one, so we'll get through that one. With that, going to take a time out. Coming up in the break, from Chicago, DJ Malone will hear part of his mix at the halfway point in the entire mix at the end of episode 56. And uh, you can shout him. Look for him on Instagram, and we'll post a link on uh, on the Sports Talk with Devin Wade page and also on the SoundCloud. So we'll post a link so you can check him out and what he does. But here is DJ Malone. But first, a word from our sponsor. Sports Talk with Devin Wade wants to thank our sponsor, Kofi Bankus and CoBank Homes. The vision at CoBank Homes is simple, and it stems from the belief that clients can trust CoBank to guide them to realize one of, if not the single largest investment decision they will ever make, their home. CoBank simply looks to build lifelong relationships through service. They do this by using faith, knowledge, and technology to guide clients through the process of achieving their real estate goals. Be it buying, selling, or investing in real estate, contact Kofi at 832-757-7950. That's 832-757-7950. CoBank Homes through Keller Williams. My name is Caleb, and I listen to Sports Talk with Uncle Devon Ray and iTunes. This is Chicago. This is a DJ Malone world premiere. I like stunning, I like shining, I like million dollar deals, where's my pen? 
bitch, I'm signing. I like those Balenciagas, the ones that look like socks. I like going to the jeweler, I put rocks all in my watch. I like sexes from my exes when they want a second chance. I like turn up, turn up. I do what they say I can't. They call me Cardi, Cardi, banging body, spicy mommy, hot tamale, hotter than a Somali Virgo. Welcome back to episode 56 of the Sports Talk with Devin Wade podcast. Kalina, what you think of DJ Malone? That was hot. And I'm hot. not, yeah, and I'm not even, that's not even my, I'm not even in his demographic, but <laughs> you got to look, you know, look Cardi B, little Migos in yeah, there. Yeah, like, hey. Hey, hey. Uh-huh. I like it like that. Oh, so, my gosh. And so, <laughs> and with that, I want to go to a new segment where we sort of celebrate the birthdays of athletes. Uh, we don't recognize them enough. Uh, you know, and that gives me an opportunity to talk about guys uh, from the past that we can get a chance to celebrate. So, Kalina, with our birthday. This week in birthdays, we have Matt Leinert, former USC quarterback Heisman Trophy winner and national champ. And also, he participated in the greatest college football game I've ever seen when USC played University of Texas and Vince Young did the damn thing and won the national championship. You have to say that's one of the greatest games. With all the hype surrounding that game and the national championship and all the hype around USC, how about that game? That was an incredible game. That was the best college game that I've ever seen, I've ever watched. We also have Ronnie Cycli, Syracuse and NBA Center. Play with Pearl Washington on those uh, Jim Beheim teams when the Big East was really the Big East. Calvin Murphy, NBA Hall of Famer and Houston Rocket. And I got some interesting about Calvin. Calvin, I went to school with Calvin's daughter, well, one of his daughters. One of his daughters graduated before I got there. Calvin, somebody offended his daughter, and he came up and jacked up one of my teammates on the football team. I know. If that happened these days, it would be all over TMZ, all over social media. But, yeah, he, he handled his business. 5'7", what, 5'9", they have him listed at 5'9", one of the most prolific scorers in all of basketball and one of the best little men to ever play NBA basketball. Lovey Smith, the first African-American head coach to get to the Super Bowl. And, and, and that's a twist. Now, did you know that, Kev? He was the first by four hours because he went up against Tony Dungy in the Super Bowl. If you remember, the NFC Championship game was first, so he won his championship game about four hours before Tony Dungy did. So the first African-American coaches to coach in the Super Bowl played against one another. Tony Dungy won, but the East Texas product, Lovey Smith, was actually the first coach to earn a burst into the Super Bowl. I love Tony Dungy, and I, I also love Lovey Smith. Um, Ronnie Lott, NFL San Francisco 49er and Hall of Famer safety. Yeah, he's a Hall of Famer. One interesting thing about him, did you know he injured his finger in the game? One of his fingers were at the very top, and he told the staff to amputate the top of his finger so he could finish the game. So he has, what, nine and three-quarters fingers. (laughs) That's an interesting ride, and one of the hardest hitters to ever play. Doug Christie, NBA basketball husband. Uh, His wife is uh, a living spectacle on Basketball Wives. I don't know if you've seen it on VH1, but she is quite a number. He's known more from being married to that lady than he is almost for his NBA career these days. We also have Prince Fielder in the MLB, Milwaukee Brewers, and Texas Ranger. And finally, we have two posthumous birthdays. That's Tony Gwynn, one of the greatest hitters ever, and he was a San Diego Padre, and Sonny Liston, 
He was a heavyweight champion of the world. And you know who beat him to take his title? I mean, I know Kevin knows because he was there. Oh, well, who's that? <laughs> Muhammad Ali, then Cassius Clay beat him twice. Sonny Liston uh, was a mob enforcer, they say, and he had a very mysterious death, but he uh, he was a bad, bad man. Nobody thought that Cassius Clay could beat Sonny Liston. And you, if, when you go back and watch the stories about that fight, you'll see how intimidating Liston was and how crazy uh, young Cassius Clay appeared to be. But Muhammad Ali was the, the man to take his title, but he was a, a big, big figure in the sport of boxing. And those are our birthdays. Happy birthday to all of them. I have a birthday that I want to shout out to. Yes, we're going to do that. If you have birthday shouts out, hit us up on social media. And during our birthdays, we'll do you a birthday shout out. Who you have? My dad. Happy birthday, Kevin Allen Sr. No. <laughs> what's his name? It'll be May 14th, which will be Monday. And what's his name? 81, Alfred. Alfred Allen. Hey, happy birthday, Mr. Allen. And uh, thank you for your son. You're the only son in history older than his father. <laughs> yeah, everybody sing with me now. Happy birthday. Just for the birthday, people. Happy birthday. Everybody, everybody, everybody. Happy birthday. Happy birthday. Happy birthday. You got to get out of here. I want to get your, but before you leave, and before we do our breakdown, I want to get your thoughts on the, the Western Conference Finals, Rockets versus the Warriors. Look, I'm very offended that you only asked Kevin earlier and this or that because I actually have been watching in between rehearsals. Yeah, yeah. So, and love scenes. <laughs> and love between, scenes. Kissing yeah. <laughs> and watching. You know what? Like, I love the Rockets. They are great. In a vacuum, I think that they would do amazingly. I've been watching these Warriors. They are murderous. I mean, I think you guys, you said you're gonna, it would get to six or seven series. I don't know. Like, I really think it could be five or four because the Warriors, they are um, impeccable. They're focused. They're not making small mistakes that add up like the Rockets do, that have always done. And I love the Rockets. And I think these Warriors are really going to take it. And that's just my two cents. Well, hey, have a great show. Where, where can they find you again? They can find me at, at SoCali on Instagram. I'm also on Snapchat, SoCali. And on Twitter, you, at SoCali underscore S. You can reach out to me if you need to get in touch with her as well. I'm coming to see you on the 19th. Yes. I, I'm excited about that. 2 p.m. So if you guys want to come see this show with Devin Wade, the Devin Wade, you need to come uh, go to the Ensemble Theater, Houston, their website. Get a ticket for May 19th. 2 p.m., and Devin Wade will be in the audience. Yeah, and I'm bringing Kevin Allen. So if you Ooh. see a guy in the back that's asleep, that's Kevin <laughs> Allen. <laughs> that's the Wake silver up, fox. Kevin? It's going to be cold in there. It's going to be dark. So if you want to see Kevin at Kalina's play, come on the 19th. But if it's at 2 o'clock. You have a and, chance? No, no, yeah, I have a chance. But if I happen to fall asleep, Devin, just nudge me for the love scene. Wake me up. <laughs> no, the moment I hit this stage, you'll be awake. Don't yeah, worry. You went yellow wow. in this play, right? Oh. I am. I look hot, y'all. For uh, real. Okay. Hey, with that, I want to go to a segment that we call The Breakdown. Breakdown. And 
for the breakdown. Here we finally get a chance to break these series down. Let's start with Cleveland and Boston. Let's talk about the matchup. Why do you think – who do you think will win and why do you think they will win? I've been going against Cleveland the entire playoff, and they've been proving me wrong. LeBron has been playing awesome. Thought Indiana had a great shot at him. Took him seven games, end up losing that. Didn't figure Toronto would be much of a battle for for the Cavaliers, which that proved right. But here with the Boston Celtics, I think Boston will will finish that task off. They just they have a lot of players that they can throw at Cleveland. I think they're a lot deeper. You know, people say I hate on LeBron. LeBron is doing a great job, but I don't think he has enough to overtake Boston in this series. See, now, I know that when, when you talk about coaching, Brad Stevens is going to do a great job. I mean, like, what happened in a couple of those games? They wouldn't double and get the ball, a trap, and get the ball out of LeBron's hands. Uh, and that cost Dwayne Casey's job. I mean, essentially, if you let the baddest man in the land beat you and you didn't make somebody else beat you, the eyeball test says, you know what, that's a problem. It, there's a problem when you let LeBron go in the end and no, let not, not let anybody else beat you. Or even on the, uh, the three-pointer in the previous series, why is the ball in his hands? You, you have to do what you can to get the ball out of his hands. I think Boston, we talked about switching on the pick and roll. Talk about, well, say what you said on the Houston show this morning. Well, I said with Boston, on that pick and roll, they have everybody can just switch where you have Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown, both about the same size, great wingspan and on those type of deals they just switch they just switch the pick and roll if they get into a bad situation with this they can switch on the pick and roll and the other guy can keep chasing and with him chasing that leaves Tristan Thompson as your decision maker to get the ball which you want which is going to put Cleveland in a bad spot and a disadvantage that is going to have to take Tristan Thompson out of the game and move Kevin Love into the five spot so now Cleveland is going to have to adjust. So Brad Stevens will probably do some things like that in order to get the ball out of you know LeBron. And hand. What, what you said on the Houston show was that Tristan Thompson has proven that he does he's not a good decision maker. Correct. And I said you can tell by who he chose to date. <laughs> and I'm not his, getting into his that. Baby, his second baby mama. But <laughs> so yeah. no, I, I think that they will make some adjustments to try to limit what LeBron is able to do. Now if the guys. Uh, around LeBron can step up a little bit, like J.R. Smith, like Kevin Love. Um, if they can make some plays for them, I think all even the younger guys, can, if they can make some plays for them, I, I think uh, that that can nullify whatever Stevens does in that series. I'm going to take Cleveland to win the series. I think LeBron is playing his best basketball. And really, to get to the finals, that, this will be his greatest feat as a basketball player to take this team to the finals. That being said... You didn't have to face a murderer's row to get there. Exactly. And we had this whole comparison with, with him and Jordan. And the, in reality, the bottom line is this. How many Hall of Famers has LeBron beat to get to the, uh, to all of these finals? Maybe one, maybe Paul George. Who, who else? Who not else a Hall of Famer, of? though. That, it, well, not, he, not he, I think he probably will be oh, when no, it's all said and done. No, he hasn't done anything to, to get in that Hall of Fame. So when you look at it, he really hasn't done anything and then normally when he goes and do these type of things the deck is stacked for him this is one of the first times in a long long time where he's trying to to rally the troops with them to get to that to that promised land so you are you taking who you taking boston and how many six or seven boston six or seven i'm going to take cleveland 
in six. I think without Kyrie, although uh, Al Horford is a really a stabilizing presence in that locker room, he can provide leadership. I think you know you want me to bet against you uh, against LeBron with Jalen Brown and and Jason Tatum. That's a tall task for me to to do right why, now. Why why is it a tall task? I just think again because of the age. The, well, the experience and the age, and and oh, of course those guys have energy. But this is this will be a much more intense series than the Philadelphia series. Now the Philadelphia series had it gone six or seven, then maybe they will be battle tested. This, you know, this is new territory, and you have to dig deep and find different gears that we're not sure if these young guys have yet. They have not; they've not been proven in these kind of pressure situations. This is the biggest stage next to the NBA Finals. I'm not going to bet that they're ready. I would lean uh, on the more cautious side and say LeBron and his experience, the experience of Love, the experience of J.R. Smith, and the other guys on that team who've been to championships. Uh, will prevail in this situation. Although, again, I don't think this is not an all-time great team, this Cleveland version, and, and they could very well lose. But I'm going to take Cleveland to win in six. Whew. I, I mean, I, I kind of knock where some a lot of people always bring in the age factor. What experience this, more than age? Well, the experience factor. But you got to start somewhere. But with without the experience playing against this type of Cleveland team, it, it's not – as as opposing if you had the Kyrie there. Right. Which takes low, but so now you have one primary ball handler and, and dominant guy with the ball. So when you prepare for this, you prepare for this one. See, then if you have Kyrie there, now you have to prepare for Kyrie with the ball, LeBron with the ball. It's easy to dissect now. And when you look at J.R. Smith, you look at Kyle Corver, and you look at a lot of those guys, they can't make plays for themselves. They have to be set up. So now it's easier to defend. You're only trying to devise up a game plan against LeBron and not anybody else because they're stationary players. He has to make the play for them. And, I mean, you have a point, and I can see it going either way, but if I had to make a pick, I would bet, bet on LeBron this time. Let's go to the Western Conference Finals. And this, for all intents and purposes, is the NBA Final, according at least to the We the People and to most people around the country. This, whoever wins this one will win the championship. Most people think so anyway. You vary on that. You had a modified response to that. But let's break down this. Let's let's go category by category with Golden State. When you compare starters, who who's the best starting team, Golden State or the Houston Rockets? Golden State. And, and talk about and the I, Hampton I, Five for a minute. And, you know, you got my, my younger cousins, Clay and Steph. <laughs> so they – those are that's a dynamic duo in the backcourt that has been for a long, long time now. They've they've stabilized themselves. They're hard to guard because they stretch the floor out so much. They both come off of picks. They run that curl extremely well. I mean, they're hard to defend. And Golden State does share the ball where that ball doesn't stick. And when you get with Houston, that ball tends to stick in James Harden hands or it sticks in Chris Paul's hand where you have three guys spot up and the pick and roll with Capella. So if you can defend that, me, I would do like Utah did. I think that was in game two. I'm chasing everybody off of the three-point line because Houston is not comfortable shooting twos. You've not seen the Rockets play their best basketball, really. They, they had one game where they got out with scored 70 points in the first half against Utah. But, again, that's Utah. Uh, but I think, you know, to see Harden do what he was able to do during the regular season, 
that's that's imperative to success for the Houston Rockets. But when, as it pertains to the starting five, I'm with you. Golden State has the better starting five. I mean, no you have what you have four uh, all star. Yeah, out of, if you had a starting five, maybe what four of them? Four of them will be Golden State players. That's it. And you have Harden as the one exception. Uh, let's talk a little bit about the bench. Uh, the bench comparison between the Rockets and Golden State. I think the Rockets have more firepower coming off of the bench with Gerald Green uh, and, and Anderson. And, and what's my man, the guard, uh, 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 Eric Gordon. So you have more firepower. And what I mean by that, they can score in bunches as opposed to Golden State. I think Golden State is a little bit more solid coming off of the bench with Sean Livingston, David West, Swaggy P. Things like that with those pieces, they're solid. The Rockets are a little bit up and down with their bench sometimes because you you really don't know the rotation that D'Antoni is going to play. You know, you may play Gerald Green one day, then the next day he doesn't get the minutes. Yeah, I and you're haven't not gotten a sense of yeah. what he really wants to do with his rotation. Uh, but again, these were lesser series. We'll get a, a hint really, really quickly. Uh, of how things should go. But, again, it's about adjustment and readjustment in this situation. Right. I, I'm going to disagree with you. I'm going to go with the Rockets bench being uh, giving the Rockets the edge on the bench. They have guys that can really consistently put it up. And I would take their guys coming off the bench uh, versus Golden State. And I can say this. I think that the bench scoring will be led by the Rockets. If not, this, if this series will be over in four games. So the Rockets bench has to – uh, really excel in this situation, and they have to handily outscore Golden State's bench if they want to make a series out of this thing. Yeah, because when you look at it, the Rockets struggle with, to me, with that second offense because, uh, let me bag that up, I don't mean they struggle, but it's struggle for Gerald Green and those guys to, you know, as far as the minutes because he and Bob Mute share the minutes. Yeah, Eric Gordon will get his minutes. Then you have Nene coming off of the bench and things like that. But I, I, in in this type of series, the up and down series, they would want Nene in that game. They would want Babute in that game because they don't shoot the three ball really well. Ryan Anderson, I don't think, will be a factor in the, this type of series because he can't guard anybody. See, it, this is why those those uh, where you break down on film and expose the mismatches, and I think he will be one on uh, and be a liability on the defensive side. Coaching, who has edge, Golden State or the Rockets? Uh, Steve Kerr. I think Kerr. it's easy to say that, Steve Kerr. Yeah, Curry he's been here before. Edge. Right. Yeah. Uh, top player, now we, we talked about this. Who, which top player will have a better series, the Rockets' best player, which is Harden, or in your case, I said Durant, you said Steph Curry. Who, either one of those players, Who? which number one player will have the better series? Golden State, because with Houston, it's clearly he's their top guy. And in these playoffs, you and I have spoken and shared with all the time, they're going to go devise a plan to slow James Harden down. But when you do it with Golden State, pick your poison. poison. Because if if we go against Steph, Clay catches fire. So he picks it up. If you go against Durant, Draymond can pick it up. You you see what I'm saying? So you have different matches there. But with it, Houston, if you can slow Harden down, now you disrupt the offense. Golden State just shifted to a different person. 
Clay can get hot in the quarter, and now Houston is, you know, they're scratching their head. You can't just say, okay, he's going to cool off or we'll let him beat us because he can beat you. So, you know, it's tough with D'Antoni here. And finally, well, not finally, but intangibles. Now, this could go either way. More intangibles, Golden State with their experience, or the Rockets with their hunger. Who, Which way are you going with the intangibles? Golden State with the experience. And I keep going there because this is their fourth, fourth year yeah. trying to get to the finals. Four years in a row. You know, this is, this is the norm for them. Houston has a little bit more pressure. But you saw that hunger in Chris Paul, man. That was he 41 and 10, zero turnovers on a phenomenal game for Chris Paul. And you could see and feel his his desire to want to get to, to a championship. But what did you say earlier? They played Utah. See what I'm saying? So yeah. this is a different level. Yeah. Different level, different type players. Golden State plays and they don't get credit. They give effort on the defensive end. And then again, when you have to go guard on that other end, it takes a lot out of you on the offensive end. So we'll see what happens. Who's your expected player on the, a guy? Maybe not you're, you're one of your major guys, but a guy that will step up and make a difference in this series. Andre Iguodala. Andre Iguodala. Andre Iguodala because he can still make shots and he can go guard. And this is what I say: Andre Iguodala can go guard James Harden. Then you can switch him off, and he can go play a Trevor Ariza. Draymond can go. You see what I'm saying? But Andre is my is my guy. Oh, I I have two. I have an intangible expect in Gerald Green. He has that nasty net. I'm not afraid of you. Let's get down. Let's get it. So I think from a, an emotional, intangible standpoint, it's Gerald Green. From a tangible standpoint, I think Eric Gordon could be a guy that could be the expect in this series if he's able to get hot one night and we'll just win a game. Just win a game. Because, you know, Harden is going to have to really get off. And you're going to need one more guy with him each night. He's going to take at least one guy with him uh, that it's going to take to beat them. At least one guy. And you know what? This is funny, and and I may take some heat for it. James Harden, not this statement. He, he'll win MVP, and he, he, he's so deserved. Deserving of that award, he, he should get it hands down. To me, it shouldn't be close. But he's still suspect to me in these big games. <laughs> well, we'll find out. This is his chance, and I he, see this he, on the he, But show. he has to redeem himself. Think about San it, Antonio. Oh, but think about this: he played Golden State in the game six or seven once before, and, and he had thirteen turnovers. That's right, and, and caused Mikael his job. He, he benched Harden, and, and Harden had hard feelings. Mm. And what ten games into the next season? Uh, McHale was gone. Yeah, but in that game, he had 13 turnovers, and that's why I say he's suspect. Then he had the the, the subpar game against the Spurs. Then he had a sub, subpar game. So he, in big games, to me, he disappears. This is what, if he does that again, he, he's yeah, got to come it, back. Yeah, because yeah. it, it was hard for a lot of people to get over. I think Chris Paul was a nice distraction to take the pressure off of Harden. Maybe he can get something from well, – they keep saying the experience of Paul will be enough to help Harden be who he needs to be. He won't be as fatigued, blah, blah, blah. We'll have to see. But I think if if Golden State does not turn the basketball over a lot, I think they win this series in six games. Who do you get? Golden State in six or seven. They'll, they'll win that series. And, and another thing, and I'll say this, and I know we got to get to another segment – but the Clint Capella fact is, I think, with Kevin Durant starting at the five now, Clint Capella can't just be that rim protector because he has to come out and guard a Kevin Durant 
or Draymond Green. However they want to play. However they, yeah, whichever way, they're going to say, okay, whichever way Coach D'Antoni wants to do it, we'll go at him this way. So that's going to be another factor. Well, a lot to chop up. I think it's important for the Rockets to win game one. If they do not win game one, it is going to be a uphill battle. It's going to be really, really tough uh, for them to win. So I think that's important that the Rockets get off to a good start. And I think they will win game one of this series. With that, I want to go to our Lamont Award. I don't want to wish you no bad luck, but I hope your ship sinks. With no lifeboats and no life preservers and a school of piranhas surrounding you, you big dummy. The Lamont Award goes to the guy most like Lamont. And what was Lamont? You big dummy. He was a big dummy. Well, for this week for the, uh, the Lamont Award, it goes to Rodney Hood of the Cleveland Cavaliers for not entering the game in game four of a Cavs sweep during garbage time with the last <laughs> seven and a half minutes of the game. The Cavs were leading 110 to 80, and he refused to go in the game. And who in the hell is Rodney Hood that you refuse to go in the game? And B, you make a gazillion dollars playing basketball. I don't care when they ask you to play. You got to get in that game. You know, why Why is Rodney Hood's ego so big that he feels like I'm not playing the garbage time? Well, Rodney Hood has been a starter and been playing big minutes throughout his career so far in Utah. Now you're going to scrub me out when we're up 30 and then put me in the game. I understand he got in his feelings like that because he, he's thinking I'm not a screw-up player. So I think he got in his feelings with that one, the reason that he didn't check in. Because you think about it, you know, these guys have egos. Man, how, man, you get millions of dollars. Play the last seven and a half minutes of the game. But you know what he's probably thinking? If I started like this and I play the last seven minutes, he's going to scrub me out all the time and, and know what's going to happen. I'm going to get that stigma. I'm that type of guy. So but, he's breaking it. What, what, but you can't break it because you have no leverage. Why like, not here? Right. I understand what you're saying. But now, Tyrone Lou, next next time I know, hey, I'm up 30. I, I'm not going to even go no, down there. Bitch, even though Rodney Hood What do you have down. a bench for it if you can't go to him when you're up by 30 points? But, but the thing about it is Rodney Hood is saying, I'm not a, I'm not a scrub. You're going to put me up, put me in when I'm up 30. And he's been starting his whole career. Well, look. That's the thing. My whole thing is this. Look, man, you're getting paid millions of dollars. Play. Get in the game. Play the damn game. And because he didn't go in the game, he is the big dummy of the week. You big dummy. It's Shelly Wade, and welcome back to Sports Talk with Devin Wade. I know you're out on the recruiting trail, and I know this is a busy time of year. I know recruiting is a 365-day-a-year endeavor. How's uh, your offseason going so far? 
Well, it's going great for us. We, uh, we're trying to find some players and we've had some players in on official visits and we're waiting for them right now to make that commitment to us and we're still looking for some more. I mean, just trying to get school over with. Today is graduation at Texas Southern, so we're just waiting for grades to come in now and try to prepare for the summer, who we're going to bring to summer school and uh, off-season program. Now, how much traveling do you personally do for recruiting purposes? Are you on the road constantly? Do you pick your spots? Uh, how does that go for you personally? Well, personally, I hadn't been off. I hadn't been on the road since I've been here at Texas Southern in six years. Uh, I try to lock in on the kids that we have here on campus. I do a lot of you know phone calls, but I try to give all my attention, 100% of my attention, to the players that we have here at Texas Southern. You know, that's a challenge within itself. So. Uh, my assistant coaches go out and, and do some things, but we try to lock in on who we have here on campus. So I kind of do it a different way. You know, I'm trying to, I'm kind of untraditional here. <laughs> <laughs> well, whatever you're doing is working because, again, we continue to enjoy winning ways here at Texas Southern. Well, I want to ask you about Coach Marsh. I know that came up this morning. Uh, any uh, any chances that he may return or what do you uh, – I know it's pretty quick here, but uh, any thoughts on that? Well, you know, that's my guy. I was disappointed in the outcome there, but uh, he always have a place here at Texas Southern. We talked yesterday. We talked this morning. Uh, we're probably going to talk, you know, again after I leave this clinic. Uh, but uh, great coach. He's done some wonderful things here. You know, we've only uh, we won eight out of 11 championships here that we could possibly win, and six of them came with him, you know, being here at Texas Southern. So he has six rings, and hopefully he can come back and get some more. <laughs> well, that's good news for Tiger fans. Well, I wanted to have you on because I wanted to talk about the NBA. I know it's a different game from what you do, but you're a basketball guy through and through, and you're familiar with the game on all levels. And it's such an exciting time here in the city of Houston. I had to get your take on the, the Houston Golden State Series. What are, your, uh, what are your, just your preliminary thoughts? What do you think about that series just as an overview? Well, I just think this is the best team Houston have had since I've been here in Houston. And I'm not going past. I've been here for 60 years now. So this, this is by far the best team that they've had since I've been here. And, you know, I think they got a chance. I mean, they can make shots. Uh, well coached. Uh, really good players. All the stars are playing and all the road guys are playing. And, you know, the system they have is just it's really hard to defend. And, you know, plus Golden State is a really good basketball team as well. And I think Houston has prepared themselves for this moment. They haven't been bored, but uh, because they won more games than anybody in that, in, in that conference. But I think the, the, the excitement that they have for this series is going to be second to none. Coach, I know you've enjoyed a lot of success winning championships. How do you come back and get those same group of kids to want to be as hungry? How you how do you make sure that they don't get used to winning or complacent? Because Golden State has won championships and they're the defending champ. How do you keep them from becoming complacent in a series like this versus the Rockets? Well, I, I just think if you get complacent, then you're not worried of a championship anyway. So uh, when you're a champion, you're a champion. You're not going to be a champion uh, this week and not next week. So a lot of pride a lot of preparation, and that's who you are. And so I think they're going to try to come in here and, and win a championship because they've done it before, but I know Houston want to knock them off, and they want to win the championship. And Coach Lucas is my guy. You know, Roy Rogers is my Roy Rogers assistant coach over there uh, at, at, at Houston, and, and I coached him at Alabama. Played against Mike D'Antoni overseas a long time ago in Italy. So, you know, if you're a champion, you're a champion. And that don't mean you may win it, but you're going to perform and 
and raise your level of play uh, of a champion. Now, I know you haven't had a chance to break down film, Coach, but uh, how would you defend Golden State? What's the key to stopping or slowing down Golden State's uh, offense? I just think you have to just play your defense, hope they make shots, but you also got to put pressure on them on the other end, scoring the ball. You know, you score, I score, you score, I score. Houston has just as many weapons when it comes to scoring the basketball. I mean, Chris Paul go for 41 the other day. And, uh, you know, Jane Hart is more than capable of going for that. And, you know, you have other guys uh, uh, that can really score the ball, can make open shots, and, and that's a weapon. They have some weapons, and uh, Capello is playing his, his best basketball, you know, of his life. He's also a weapon rolling and dunking the basketball. So you got to tag him with some defender every time, and when you do that, it's going to leave a, a, a three-point shot person open. Now, Coach, how would you defend James Harden? He's the likely MVP. Uh, the, that hadn't been announced yet, but he's the MVP for this season. How do you stop him or slow him down? How do you defend? If you're Golden State, what do you run at James Harden to slow him down? I just think you just hope he have a flat tire in the way and, and his cell phone is not working to get help. <laughs> he's going to get his. You know, he's going to get his. He's going to score his points. Uh, Steph Curry, uh, Durant, those guys, they're going to get their points. You know, on, on, on a given night, somebody's going to do it. It's just a matter of who's rolling that night. You know, got seven-game series, and, you know, whoever rolls is going to be the one that, that win the game. So you think this series is a six- or seven-game series? I think it's, I mean, it could go either way, but you wanted to go Houston because I love when you win in Houston. Everybody celebrates. You know, everybody loves when we win and Texas Southern, the Rockets people love that. and Everybody loves when Houston Cougars win and everybody loves when Houston Rockets win and Houston Astros. And the, I mean, Houston just is one big family. Yeah, that's a wonderful thing. Now, is there an X factor on either side of the ball? Is there one player that we should kind of keep an eye out? Uh, other than the Stars, obviously we know the Stars are going to get theirs. Is there somebody else off the bench or a lesser player that it, we should keep our eye out on this ser- in this series? Well, I can't say lesser players because uh, they all are so good in their role. But Trevor Reason and you know P.J. Tucker, uh, those guys are making shots. You know, you're in some serious trouble. You know, and on uh, on Golden State, you, know, you just hope Durant and um, Clay Thompson and Steph are not rolling the same night. Now, and um, one but of Trevor and PJ is rolling there, and uh, and Eric Gardner to me, I think he's a, he may be the X factor. Eric Gardner making shots, in, and he can make shots. He's more than capable. Yeah, you know what I said the uh, same thing a little bit earlier about Eric Gordon. I want to ask you about the, the the Eastern Conference series. LeBron's playing the best basketball, best postseason basketball of his uh, of his life and of his career. How do you see that Boston Cleveland series going? Well, you know, the other guys got to step up for LeBron and uh, the Celtics, and they got away with two wins that could have easily gone the other way. Uh, three wins could easily gone the other way to Philadelphia. So, but that series is over. And just like Indiana Pacers had less than some games took away from them. So um, you know, both know each other, but when you got the best player in the NBA on your team and you just give them any kind of help, it'd be tough. Well, Coach, I know you're not in the predicting business, but if you had to give us a uh, NBA champ for 2018, who would that team be out of the four that are left uh, remaining? Well, I've got to go with Houston. I live here. <laughs> you know, uh, I'm a, uh, I gotta go with Houston. There's no way of picking anyone else but Houston, and uh, I hope they win the championship. 
Hey, well, Coach, I know you are very busy, and I want to thank you so much for spending time with us uh, uh, this morning. And I know why uh, we want to get you in studio one of these days so you can take some phone calls. Uh, but I certainly I appreciate it. I would love to do that. Let me know. I would love to we would love to have you and I, you know, I appreciate your take on the NBA as well uh, and again your great basketball mind and we uh, always uh, like a different perspective on uh, what real basketball people think about these series let me know anytime uh, thank you, uh, Coach Mike Davis. We certainly with that. Before I let go, before I let go, before I let go, I want to thank DJ Malone. Want to thank, of course, you, Kev, the Silver Fox. Want to thank you guys for chiming in on the Sports Talk with Devin Wade page and group. Want to remind you guys that if you have music that you want to send us, radio edit, original music. I don't care how big or small your band is. Please send it to us. We'll show you some love. We have listeners from all over the country. We, You know, we had thousands of new listeners over the last 30 days. I, I look at the analytics. Our numbers are going through the roof. It's incredible. And I want to thank our sponsor, Cobank Homes, for riding with us. And if you do want to sponsor a segment or sponsor a show, you definitely can get in touch with me on Twitter at Wade's Word. And, of course, the Sports Talk with Devin Wade page and group. And the Sports Talk with D-Wade page on Instagram, which Kalina holds down for us. I want to thank her as well. Silver Fox, final thoughts from you. Hey, I appreciate it. One well of a series that's coming up, Cleveland and Boston, Houston and Golden State. Fun week for you. Yeah, and man. AAU basketball. Yeah, you man. get the top and you get the next generation of top players uh, coming up in this next week for you personally. Yeah, it's coming up for me. This is an exciting time of year for me. Like I said, next weekend, I'm going to miss the show next weekend. I'll be busy with that, with the AAU program. Again, as I shared with that, will be the 10th anniversary for us in doing that. I want to uh, reach out and thank everybody that's been very supportive of that and helping us out and reaching our goals. I want to thank you for giving me the avenue uh, here on the podcast, on the Houston show, that also gets that out to to a lot of listeners. I want to thank you so much for that. You've been a, a tremendous help, a big help to me. I want to let you know that. Just really excited about the next week and the week after that. Hey, man, good deal. Want to say happy Mother's Day. Again, my first Mother's Day without my mom. But you know what? I, that's not going to bother me, I don't think. We'll find out tomorrow. But <laughs> You'll be fine. We'll see, we'll see how You'll we do tomorrow. Fine. But right now, yeah. I, I'm, I have already made plans to busy myself. So yeah. I will not be at any restaurants. I will not be at any movie theaters. I will not be at the park. I will not be anywhere where mothers convene with their children. So, uh, But for all of those who are celebrating Mother's Day, happy, happy Mother's Day. And enjoy your weekend. And love on your mom and appreciate her if she's still here. And if she's gone, hey, uh, think warm thoughts like I'll try to do. I'll probably not, try not to think a lot about it tomorrow. But uh, nonetheless, we'll get through it. I want to thank you guys for the love and support through this difficult time. Which, you know, I think after you get through the memorial service, it's over. Oh, but if no. for us, it gone for people in the morning when you lose a, a parent, uh, it goes on for a little bit. Even though I'm able to function and do what I do. Uh, it's a little still bit a, tough. You'll yeah, be all right. It's a, it's a hell of a thing. So with that, I want to thank you guys. Thank DJ Malone. Thank uh, Cobank Holmes. Thank you guys. And as always, have a great day.
diamonds, I like stunning, I like shining, I like million dollar deals, where's my pen? I'm signing, I like those Balenciagas, the ones that look like socks, I like going to the jeweler, I put rocks all in my watch, I like sexes from my exes when they want a second chance, I like turn up, turn up. I do what they say I can't, they call me party, party, banging body, spicy mommy, hot tamale, hotter than a Molly, fur, go, fuck, Hop up the stool, jump in the coop Big dip on top of the roof Flexing on as hard as I can Eating halal, driving a lamb So that bitch, I'm sorry though Got my coins like Mario Yeah, they call me Cardi B I run this shit like cardio Diamond district in the chat
banger. This Took a shot of any out of bag. Girl, you know it's real. I ain't tryna brag. I just wanna take it to the bag while you let it go. Bust it down, bust it down, bust it down, oh yeah. Bust it down, bust it down, bust it down, oh yeah. Wait, in the trap with the top and the cash, ayy. I won't tolerate a talking back, ayy. Now she looking at me, throwing that shit back, ayy. Twenty motherfucking racks on a bad day. Jumped in the water, this die. Drunk and it ain't no coming back. It don't get hit on with the thirty. Sending bullets looking all across the map. See don't know how to act. I fucked up the real body back. Shooter right beside me with the curry. You gon' let me ride 'cause I jumped in the what? 'Cause that. Took a shot at any out of bag. Girl, you know it's real.